Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Howard David Live. We wrap up the week on a Friday by bringing in from Kansas City Radio, Chiefs Radio, Josh Klingler. Uh, I'm I'm sorry I mispronounced your name there for a minute, Josh, but I got tongue-tied looking at Tyreek Hill's $140 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all those commas and zeros. Uh, we'll we'll trip anybody up these days. Yeah, that's uh, wow. It's uh, it's been quite the interesting week. It uh, it started with why aren't the Chiefs doing anything? It's been too quiet. Everybody else is splashing around in free agency, and the Chiefs aren't doing it. To oh my gosh, they just traded the best wide receiver in franchise history. Um, so yeah, it's been uh, it's been quite the week. Look, is it fair to say that the Chiefs were not going to go? anywhere near the number that he got. Uh, and I guess the bar was set with Devontae Adams getting $140 million or whatever he got. Uh, is it fair to say that the Chiefs were not going to go that high? Yes, that, that's uh, absolutely fair. He, uh, I, I, you, uh, you can't say that this is a football, a football decision. This is a money decision. And it's a foot, uh, you know, the Chiefs made a balance, tried to make the best what they thought. Um, you know, balanced uh, money versus football decision. For Tyreek Hill, it's a money decision. Um, you can't argue that he wasn't in a great spot in Kansas City where he's been, uh, you know, he had his best season in terms of catches last year. And obviously we know his his playmaking ability and, and uh, they weren't going to match what the Devontae Adams contract was going to match. And so, yeah, his, his agent has come out and said, yeah, the Devontae Adams deal changed uh, the discussions and the Chiefs weren't going to be in that camp. Now you can make the argument they still had him under one more year of control and still could have messed with the franchise tag, but it just seemed like that that wasn't the direction the Chiefs wanted to go either. That they didn't want um, someone who didn't want to be there and was chasing the check, and they were never going to pay that dollar amount. And so I think they decided let's try to maximize the the best value for him in a move, rip the bandaid off, and. And, and go ahead and, and go in a different direction. The, when I looked at the contents of the package that the Miami Dolphins sent to the Chiefs, which is basically five draft choices, uh, the Jets were in the mix as well. Uh, now, the way I, look, the Jets have the fourth and the tenth pick in the draft. Had they included either one of those picks, would the Chiefs have done business with the Jets? Well... I would say yes, because they weren't offering either one of those, right? The reports were two seconds out of the Jets, and um, you get either one of those really high draft picks, and I don't know how you could say no uh, to that move. Um, clearly, he wanted to go to Miami. Um, Drew Rosenhaus based in Miami, so I'm sure he wanted Tyreek Hill to go to Miami as well. Um, but, yeah, if you got a better deal from someone, um, you'd have to look at that direction. There were also, and I, don't, I haven't delved into – completely you know what uh what the jets were offering but i I thought i i thought i'd heard that 
that Miami also had the best financial offer for for Tyreek Hill. So that's the one he wanted. Um, both sides did work, you know, very well to to make a, a deal happen for one another. But yeah, it is strange to think about. I guess it's not today's NFL, right? It's not, but you've, you've traded away a guy who's going out the door as not a declining player, which is interesting too, because a lot of times you could say, well, you know, uh, this is, this is something that's declining anyway, and don't pay the, uh, what have you done for me or what you've done it for me in the past tax. This isn't the case of Tyreek Hill. He's still at the top of his game and I think will be for, uh, for a few years. And, um, you know, I, I don't even, I can't even say that in four years, it would be bad at the end of a contract. I, I think he's got a good four years remaining in him, and so um, you can play you can play both sides. But frankly, the Chiefs did not want to have, or maybe could afford, um, would have to sacrifice some other things they could do if they had the you know high paid quarterback and the highest paid wide receiver. So uh, we're talking with Josh Klingler, who's involved with Kansas City Chiefs Radio as their sideline reporter. The Chiefs reportedly signed Marquez Valdez Scantling. To a three-year deal uh, from Green Bay, who also lost Devontae Adams. Uh, so the, here are two premier quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, that are losing prize receivers. So I, I don't know that much about Scantling. Uh, have you done any research on him? What do they got? What well, do they have here? He's different than what the Chiefs have had. First and foremost, they've had short speed guys, and so. He's 6'4", and that's great. So he's 6'4", 200 pounds, and he runs fast. So he's got good speed. He can he can be a guy that can go up and get a football. Now, two years ago, he averaged over 20 yards a catch. So he's got the downfield ability as well. Uh, it would have been, I mean, uh, Chiefs fans would have been over the moon uh, for that signing had you paired that up with Tyreek Hill <laughs> and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um I don't know that they make that move if they have Tyreek Hill and Juju Smith-Schuster already. But um, if they were going to load up, that's that's a that's a different type of wide receiver than they've had before. And so it's been something they've been looking for anyway, the taller, um, go-up-and-get-it type wide receiver. And so it makes a lot of sense even before Tyreek Hill and then maybe became a more pressing need after you lost your number one. But he's not a number one right, from what we're hearing. So the Chiefs are going to have, you know, really two number twos out there uh, at the moment. Again, I'm not not playing games on whatever, March 26th or whatever. You got you got five months <laughs> five months to, to, to do some things. And I, I know the Chiefs will be certainly active in doing that. But, you know, on the lookout somehow, some way for a number one wide receiver is everything we're keeping an eye on here in Kansas City. Uh, you know, i got a, a feeling about this trade. Uh, let me tell you what I think, and you tell me am I on the right track or not. Uh, and maybe time will tell. give me the answer that I need. But when I look at Tyreek Hill and his talent, and he's got a lot of it, uh, he was also being thrown to from Patrick Mahomes. He also had Travis Kelsey on the other side, who drew a lot of attention. So Tyreek got a lot of one-on-one defensive coverage. Patrick Mahomes throwing to Tyreek Hill is not Tua Tagovailoa throwing to right. Tyreek Hill. So and that's, the, that's and, the biggest question. I don't, I I would ha- have a hard time thinking. Again, I don't think it's a football decision for Tyreek Hill. I think it's a money decision for Tyreek Hill. Yep. So football wise, you you know you, you probably want to play the rest of your career with Patrick Mahomes. But hey, he from what I understand, the guaranteed money he's getting from Miami was more than the Chiefs were offering in a three year contract extension. So. You know, and then that's not even to say the extra money that you will 
you know, obviously earn if you play the extent of your contract. Just strict guaranteed money was was probably more than the, the, the Chiefs were even offering. So um, he took the money. And so, yeah, you're going to have to live with the production. I, I have a hard time thinking. I, I don't think his skills are going to drop off, but I think his production will. I don't think he's going to be the threat in that offense that he was in the, uh, the Chiefs offense. Now, they do have some good offensive pieces, but, yeah, you tell me he's playing quarterback, and, and uh, I'll tell you he's probably not as good as Patrick Mahomes. Well, he pairs, you know, with Waddle now from Miami. So you got two yeah. speedsters, and they made really some good. they made some additions on the offensive line, which will help Miami and protect Tua. But this, I would look at this now. They got Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. Uh, this is a make or break year, I think, for uh, Tua. Uh, I, I think with the weapons now around him and the offensive line he's got in front of him, he must produce. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna find out. I think that's the biggest thing for Miami. You're gonna find out if he's your court, your quarterback for the future or not. And maybe a lot of teams don't get that, that perfect opportunity to showcase that. But yeah, you have those two speed wide receivers. I like their their tight end Jaseki, who uh, um, you know he's gonna. I think he's gonna have huge production this year because he's gonna be the guy. If the others are getting covered deep, he's gonna he's gonna feast on the underneath stuff. So. Um, they got some good pieces. They got speed at running back too. Um, they got a, they got a lot of good pieces offensively. So if nothing else, you're going to learn whether or not uh, Tua is your long-term quarterback in Miami. Finally. So now, looking, I don't know if you can give me a definitive answer here, but the five draft choices come uh, in exchange uh, from Miami. Where do you think the Chiefs go shopping in the draft? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because they have the 29th and 30th pick, and I'm still curious if there's a if there's a guy they would package those two for to try to move up in the in the early part of the draft to get yourself up in the in the in the teens, uh, in the in the 10 and under category, maybe even with those two. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not as beholden to that uh, that that draft math chart that everybody uses of uh, what picks are valued so um it's something along the line you can package those two and probably another pick and and even get yourself in the in the top 10 i don't know if they go that high but i could see them trying to to move up a little bit higher uh they definitely have some needs not just wide receiver i think they can solve wide receiver not in the first round this is a deep wide receiver draft and i just look at all the pass catchers um you know going right now and Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick, right? I mean, uh, Devontae Adams was a second-round pick. Um, uh, more often than not, they're not first-round wide receivers anymore that are productive. So you can do that a little bit later in the draft. They have a big need at defensive end. Uh, they still have some need in the, in the secondary and, and maybe a corner spot. So those are two positions I'm, I'm guessing they're probably going to go after uh, highly. But wide receiver will be there, and I think they have to probably get a, a futuristic uh, wide receiver. But, again, you can get that done in the second and third round. Uh, in the free agency market, uh, rumors are out there that the Chiefs may be looking at Stefan Gilmore. What are you hearing? Yeah, and that was interesting to me because they have shied away from the, the, the plus 30-year-old crowd. Um, they, they've been on the, on the march to try to get younger and cheaper. Uh, I'm guessing if it would be something in the you know the one-year veteran uh, type flyer type move might not be the the worst option because they they lost their best corner Charvarius Ward who I think probably the last time I was on with you we speculated that he probably played well enough to go get himself paid by somebody else and that's indeed what happened and so they have a, a spot there so that would be an interesting kind of second tier free agent signing if they were to go uh, Gilmore not a long-term need but a, a short-term uh, kind of fix would be would be interesting. 
uh, they'll kick the tires on those types of moves. That's, that's been something that they have done over the years, and I, I imagine that they'll do that uh, again. If not Gilmore or something else, there's also even rumblings. I saw today the rumblings of the Giants uh, possibly in a, in a, in a trade. Um for Bradbury at, at a corner spot too. So yeah, they're on the lookout for the secondary. Um, I wouldn't rule out. Maybe they've tried to make a trade at wide receiver. I don't know if they'll go splashy there or not. I'd kind of tend to, you know, everybody in Kansas city wants them to pick up the phone and call Seattle about DK Metcalf. And, and my counter to that is you didn't want to pay Tyreek Hill, the number one in the NFL wide receiver money. Do you want to go down that road with DK Metcalf in two years or one year? Um, I, I don't know that I'm in that category <laughs> for the Chiefs either. If they've shown that they, they don't really want to. He's younger, I'll give you that. But uh, I don't know if they want to be splashing in that pool of that wide receiver market dollar just really took off. And so I think it probably spooked a lot of people around the NFL. I'm yeah. not answering the door if Cooper Cup's knocking, if I'm the Rams right about now. Are you? <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a few of those guys who are like, hey, where's my bag, big bag of money? So the wide receiver thing got crazy and got crazy quick. I'm getting a feel that Seattle, with the departure of Russell Wilson, may be blowing up that entire program. Uh, Tyler Lockett's name has been mentioned uh, in connection with a number of others. But in the bigger picture, uh, you know, a lot of people are shoveling dirt on Kansas City with the departure of Tyreek Hill. They're not the team to beat in the AFC West anymore. Yeah, the AFC West just got really tough uh, because you got Russell Wilson that's come over. Uh, you had Von Miller that's come from the Rams to Buffalo uh, in, in terms of the AFC. Matt Ryan now leaves Atlanta, goes to Indianapolis. Uh, Robert Woods leaves the Rams and goes to Tennessee. Devontae Adams from Green Bay to Las Vegas. I mean, th- th- there's a departure from the NFC, the likes of which I haven't seen before. Yeah, it's cr- it's crazy right now. Yeah, if I'm, if I'm a disgruntled anybody, I'm like, okay, trade me the NFC, man. I'm getting on a... Get on a team with an easier path. It looks like it's going to be a, a real slugfest in the uh, not just the AFC West, but the overall uh, AFC. And yeah, you're. I think you're. Well, if you're Green Bay, maybe uh, you needed an addition or two yet. You're Tampa Bay. You're loving it that, that Brady comes back, and that looks like. And then the Rams. You know, you do have to fight the uh, uh, the repeat. Uh, thing, but you know, Chiefs got back to a Super Bowl. You, you, there's nothing saying you can't do that. Uh, but outside of those three, I don't see that there's much of a market. And then you could go, I don't know, eight, nine deep in the AFC and probably make a case for for any particular team jumping up. I don't think the Chiefs are dead yet by any means. And again, this is the would be the homeristic side of things. But also, I don't have to play a game right now. If I had to play a great game right now and uh, we gotta we gotta go line up, uh, you know, AFC West versus AFC West. Well, yeah, other teams in the division have definitively gotten better. I think the Chiefs, with the loss of Tyreek Hill, have gotten worse, even with some of their smaller additions. Uh, but the good news is, there's five months until you really have to worry about that, and a and a full ahead where suddenly the Chiefs have 12 draft picks and the most cap space in the NFL out of nowhere. And so uh, last year they revamped their entire offensive line. You know, on on this date last year, um, the Chiefs had one uh, starting offensive lineman. (laughs) They ended up with five and five pretty good ones. So they got plenty of time to get to work. And, yeah, you got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Name me a better coach-quarterback combination, not only in the AFC West, but just about anywhere. And I'll roll with that. And then you got to figure out how to build pieces around it from there. Josh Klingler from Kansas City Chiefs Radio. The Chiefs... uh 
coming off an AFC title game loss to Cincinnati that obviously went to the Super Bowl and lost there. The game went to overtime after Harrison Buckner's uh, field goal had tied it as time ran out. Um, but at one point in that game, the Chiefs led 21-3, to so that's like an opportunity gone south. Uh, how much did that sting? Oh, a lot, and and it's going to continue to sting. I mean, they have to rectify it not stinging by, by getting back because you're looking at also a you know, Patrick Mahomes window. You don't want to waste any time with a good quarterback and a, uh, and a generational quarterback. Uh, you don't want these big gaps between – appearances in the Super Bowl and chances to win titles and so yeah that's a that's a huge missed opportunity that grows bigger and bigger by the day that's another one that stings even with this Tyreek Hill trade you're like oh man uh if only if only they had gotten back there again with a chance to uh to win uh another title so you don't want to miss those opportunities when they're there they've been uh They've been a little, we've been spoiled in Kansas City, right? A four straight trips to the AFC Championship game, seven straight playoff trips. Nobody else has made more than three in a row at, at this stage. So they've been the best team going, but there's one title at the end of it. So you don't want to waste those opportunities. And yeah, even when you bring that up, I, I, I shuddered a little bit, Howard. Like <laughs> 21 to three lead, that stings for people in Kansas City. And I know it stings for the team. Yeah. Uh, look, they've had success the last couple of years against Buffalo. Now Buffalo seems to be the team to beat in the AFC. Uh, what about the, let's, let's deal just with the AFC West. The division has gotten stronger and tougher. Uh, a lot of big names have come over to the AFC West. Uh, I mean, where's the balance of power? Is it still Kansas City? Is it Denver? Is it Las Vegas? Is it the Chargers? Where do you see it? Yeah, it's, it is interesting because uh, obviously they've all gotten better. They have. They absolutely have. Not only the the quarterbacks, certainly, but the defensive moves that I think the Chargers have made. Uh, I think Denver was always looked at as if they got a quarterback, there's a lot of pieces. And so they got a quarterback, there's pieces, but a first-time head coach. And so I, I, I don't – you don't know what – that means it could it could be could be great comes from a successful program um he's a cheese fan by the way too you know that right nathaniel hackett you know yeah he grew up grew up in kansas city and so we we tried that a lot too like broncos hired a cheese fan uh, <laughs> as their head coach so um uh, but it remains to be seen what he is as a head coach um you know the relatively young still head coach in in the chargers and they've been maybe a little bit underachieving considering everybody uh, believes that that Justin Herbert is really really good, but they have not anything to show for it in a couple of seasons. Uh, the Raiders are the playoff team, and no one remembers them, <laughs> right? They got in the playoffs last year with a remarkable uh, overcoming of adversity, uh, but they got a guy who was a failed head coach the first go round. And uh, so, you know, are, are are the Raiders going to be any better off in the coaching position? So, uh, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes is my answer. You know, <laughs> until until somebody knocks them off. Uh, they have the best coach-quarterback combination, and I'll roll with that first and foremost. And other teams have, have loaded up in other ways and, and tried to, to come at them defensively and tried to close the gap maybe offensively, but it still runs through Kansas City. Maybe that comes to an end, but again, uh, I think they have they got five months to still to still get a bunch of work done to their roster. And, and, and you know, luckily, it's not playing any games you know on here on a Friday. Josh, you don't look at this, and I agree with you, by the way, about the Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes combination. Uh, I mean, you, you, until you start playing the games, you really don't know. But let's deal with what we do know. We know the draft is coming up next month, uh, and there's going to be a. I think there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position. 
I think you're going to see a lot of draft day trades that are going on throughout the entire league. Not just maybe Kansas City's involved. Uh, maybe they're not. Uh, refresh my memory. What have the Chiefs done to this point during the offseason with the addition of, uh, as I mentioned, with Scantling? Aside from that, who else have they added to the roster? Yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster. Right. Um, at, at wide receiver as well. Justin Reed comes over from uh, from Houston at a safety spot, essentially taking the spot of, of Tyron Matthew. Um, uh, Frank Clark, I thought, was going to be a cap casualty at defensive end for the Chiefs. They ended up restructuring with him, so that at least helped what was going to be a really uh, big hole in, in, in defensive end. Uh, Melvin Ingram was only on a one-year deal, but he showed me he still had something left in the tank, and I think that they're uh, I, Brett Beach, the GM, had, had said uh, Melvin Ingram is going to take his time. He did it last off season. He's going to do it again. I think they have a pretty good feel that if he decides to come back, it, it's going to be with Kansas City. But I think you kind of have to hope that happens, but prepare for it not happening. So I think that they're going to have to make a move there. Uh, they've kind of, you know, they parted with a, 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 a linebacker in Anthony Hitchens, who's been kind of the the, the, the play caller for the last few years, mm-hmm. uh, the signal caller on defense, but he was a guy that's kind of turned it over to some younger players now. So they've still got some work to do, especially on, on defense. So unlike a lot of the other teams that made, you know, really splashy big name moves, um, the Chiefs haven't other than one exiting <laughs> at this point in time. So, yeah, the fans are, are wanting a little more on the uh, the way in, but again, you gotta, you, we're trying to preach a little bit of patience and saying there's a there's a draft and they have a whole bunch. Of, you you mentioned it being wild and and wheeling and dealing in the draft. I mean, Chiefs have 12 picks. I mean, <laughs> I, they're they're not picking 12 guys uh, in that three day weekend, so they're going to be among the teams trading in some fashion, uh, either uh, up or or out uh, using using their picks. Well, give me a, a little bit of insight of what's going on with talk radio in Kansas City over the departure of Tyreek Hill. Has it been a woe is me attitude? Uh, people a little bit still optimistic? Give me the read. Uh, a little bit all over the place. Uh, I mean, there's quite a few people, you know, thinking how how could they do this? It's had a generational talent. And again, he is the best wide receiver in the in the Chiefs franchise history. He is the, uh, the maybe the most uh, exciting player the, the, the Chiefs have ever had in their franchise history. I mean, he is, and he's still good. Um, so there's there's some scratching ahead about that. Um, but also, I think if you kind of you look at the numbers and the and the and the, the reasoning, and and if, if as long as he's okay in chasing the money, um, I think you got to be okay with him chasing the money. And I think it makes sense for the Chiefs not to go overboard and and pay the highest paid wide receiver, uh, but. It's going to be a situation where they're going to have to uh, make some accommodations on offense and do things a little bit differently offensively. And so it's a little bit all over the place. Certainly there was shock initially when it all went down. Um, I was in that camp too because everything I've been hearing were talks were progressing towards an extension and there, there wasn't seeming to be any belief other than you probably should get it done before training camp and not you know walk into any kind of holdout situation. But all signs were pointing to some type of extension until there wasn't. Until, and then in a less than 90 minute span, it went from um, they they seek permission to get a trade to there's a trade. So it all went down really, really fast. So the shock factor was there. Yeah, if you liked the deal or hated it, everybody was shocked. Hey, you know this. Been around the league. You know, you know what goes on. 
fans care about, hey, go out and get that guy. I don't care what it costs. It's not my money. Uh, right. So, but but right now, I, I love, would think I love spending other people's money. Oh well, sure. Uh, these, yeah, these are great. Yeah. Uh, but now, is is Brett Feach a public enemy number one in the city? Uh, a little bit, yeah. And I I think a little bit unfairly because uh, I think that that there should be again they had no offensive line. They're big. They came out of a Super Bowl and everybody was complaining about the offensive line, right? Played Tampa Bay. And, got roughed up and and they had no offensive line got to remake the offensive line well they got five new offensive linemen um uh in in an off season and and uh, again at this date last year they had only one of them and so there's still time to do plenty of work but it's uh i i get it it's uh what have you done for me not just lately but uh immediately lately um, so there's a little bit of that going on like okay he's gonna have to do it they haven't they haven't had a great track record of drafting wide receivers in uh, the the Brett Beach uh, and really in the in the Chiefs uh, tenure. Tyreek Hill was a fifth round pick, but you know those don't always pop the way he did, and so they're gonna probably have to go and find somebody in the draft that they haven't had a ton of success doing before they've drafted guys who've been okay but no one's really broke through um the the, the, the tyree kill and travis kelsey you know uh, combination's been great and and i there's no reason to to worry at that point in time about hey who's 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 another one that's going to pop here but now with one of them gone the, the urgency kind of turns up a little bit hey look i was stunned when Devonte adams was traded from the green bay packers uh, and, and I think there's a story that we haven't heard yet that may come out. I mean, here's Aaron Rodgers who says, I'm coming back. Well, did he just say I'm coming back, or was it with the knowledge that his number one target was also going to come back? So he gets traded, and you wonder what's going through Aaron Rodgers' mind. Is this management getting even with me? I mean, is, I'm wondering that there's an underlying story here. Yeah, I, even if he was clued in, I can't imagine he was happy about it, right? Right. Um, you know, you, you wonder Aaron Rodgers being a veteran and Devontae Adams being there for a while, if you couldn't have, yeah, you couldn't have brokered something out between two of them, like, look, you're going to get paid. Let's just do the franchise tag thing for a year, you know, and if not the Packers, someone else will pay you. It's hard, it's hard to tell. Maybe you could make that same case for Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. Like, like look, they're going to they're gonna pay you. It might not be the highest paid, but uh, they're – they're going to pay you. You're going to get a, a deal done. Let's let's go and win a bunch of championships together. So, um, yeah, it's it, hey, I'm not, I'm never going to begrudge anybody either. For you, you have a very short tenure. Uh, you were not told. I was not told that. Hey, the bulk of your income needs to be made before you're 30 years old. Um, if that were the case, we'd be chasing every stinking dollar we could uh, before the age of 30. Athletes are in a weird spot. They don't. You know, they don't make as much money unless you're like Tony Romo or Troy Aikman. Um, you don't make as much money, um, you know, after your playing days are over. So uh, he, he chased the check and he, and he got the check and he got somebody to pay him. I wish it would have turned out, you know, better. I wish he was here. I wish he was on the Chiefs roster. But I but I get I get the reasonings from from both sides as to why he's not. Well, I read uh, the, the contents of his press conference yesterday, which got a little giddy. Uh, I guess he was pinching himself, wondering what I'm going to do with all this money. But that aside, uh, he mentioned the fact that he spoke to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and it, in reading the contents of that conversation, it was all about money, nothing but money. And when you get right down to it, it is all about the money. Yeah, yeah, it is. And it 
you know, again, I can't begrudge them for doing it. If it was a straight football decision, you'd be like, well, you can't make that football decision. That's not smart. You're you're going to the to the to the Dolphins and you're leaving the Chiefs and you're leaving Patrick Mahomes. So, um, yeah, if it if it wasn't clear enough, I think it's it, it should be clearer with each passing day. This was about the money and uh, Tyreek Hill can, you know, uh, he's got the confidence that he can go and, and replicate his success. And so if he does. And, and he still has that money, too. Well, he's going to come out the winter. He's banking on himself a little bit. But but in the meantime, he's going to be very, very heavily paid to do so. So, um, yeah, it was strictly about the money. I don't think the Chiefs weren't going to be there. And the good part of it was, at the end of the day, Howard, like Tyreek Hill and his representation were very clear with the Chiefs. Chiefs were very clear with Tyreek Hill. And they really got out ahead of it. And so yeah, there was no distraction of anything. There's no nothing looming. There was a... Uh, a holdout or a franchise tag looming or some of those things you see. They ripped off the Band-Aid. Chiefs got five picks out of it, and now it's incumbent upon them to do do uh, a lot of good with that for setting up the franchise, you know, for the next five years. Before I let you go, Josh, the Chiefs have been very successful, certainly in the last four years where they've won 50 games in that time span. So, you know, everybody's willing, as I said before, shovel dirt on the Chiefs. Well, they're not going to be. They're not going to win twelve games like they did last year. That may or may not be the truth. The fact of the matter is, the division, which we've talked about, has gotten tougher. So you've got six games to deal with within the division that are going to be. If they top to bottom, this may be the toughest division in football. Yeah, it might be. Chiefs have owned this thing. I mean, two losses is the most they've had, you know, in the in the division. So they've they've done a heck of a job. A lot of five and ones, uh, six and zero oh there against the division in in the recent past so i I think it's it until you until you've done it you haven't done it yet for the rest of the division so i think the uh the chiefs are pretty prideful of their run in the division and winning division games and andy Reid still puts a lot of emphasis on that and so um they're gonna they're gonna protect what's theirs moving forward so yeah i'm not not ruling it out there and the the others who haven't been there done that in this division yet uh the road is still going to come through kansas city uh, but Reed hasn't been hasn't uh, given his opinion yet, has he? On on the trade. Oh, he, there was a there was a there was a statement, but it wasn't. Yeah, it, about as Andy Reed as you get. Pretty pretty blase. <laughs> you know, it, it wasn't going to be a lot of. There was a there was a. We wish him well in his future endeavors. At the end of it, which is kind of entertaining because it feels like any any employee who's no longer with any company uh, gets that, that little phrase at the end and you're like try to read into it like what did they really think of them so um no i think i think i think they did what was best for for both sides in in the moment and uh um you know maxim maximize the return for uh, for a deal they were never they felt like they were never going to get done appreciate your time as always josh you stay safe thank you yeah, what a great off season thus far. Um, I, I, I can't. There's there's some every day. It's it's been awesome. I love I love the twenty four seven three sixty five NFL. It's it's just outstanding. Uh, you stay safe, my friend. Take it easy. You too. Josh Klingler from Kansas City Chiefs Radio. <laughs> it's a big loss, but everybody it, it, says it's not about the money. This this particular situation, it's totally about the money. He got an opportunity to get rich, okay? And rich he is. There is no question about it. Tyreek Hill's a wealthy man today. So he is Brian Mahoney from AP. Brian, let me ask you a question. Which is it better to be, rich or wealthy? 
<laughs> I would take either. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why I'm mentioning it, I was just talking to Josh Klingler, who does the sidelines for Kansas City Chiefs Radio. We're talking about the Tyreek Hill trade, and Tyreek Hill uh, picks up a nice payday of $140 million from the Miami Dolphins, and Devontae Adams from the Packers goes to Las Vegas. He gets about $140 million. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the fans are getting the fans start screaming, "Hey, pay the guy! We don't care. It's not our money." <laughs> but is it any exactly. different? Is it any different in the NBA? It's uh, you know, it's you get to the point. I guess for for us normal people, you would say, "Okay, well, I you know, I would take eight million and just to you know play on a team I was happy with." But if you get 140 million, I guess that's a different story. You go where the money is, so it's that kind of money. Well, there's a lot of money that's floating around the NBA, and to my and I said it before. I probably have said it to you. For my money, uh, the commissioner of the NBA is the most effective commissioner, Adam Silver, that I think that there is in pro sports. Would you agree? Well, yeah. I mean, he followed what, uh, what David Stern has done, and, and uh, you know they have a nice partnership with the players, and uh, you know from where it was. You know, 25 years ago, even to where it is now, uh, you know, the revenues and, and the expansion has been pretty, uh, you know, pretty incredible to see. Uh, John Mar- uh, John Morant didn't play last night. He's missed a couple of games. He's not going to miss a couple of weeks. But Memphis continues to win despite that. They've now won three in a row. Uh, they were sneaking up on the go- on Golden State and Utah and the, and the elite in the West. Uh, now Phoenix has already clinched home court throughout the playoffs with their win last night. Uh, I, um, I'm i amazed with this team. Uh, uh, Chris Paul comes back last night. Looked like he didn't miss a beat. 17 points, 13 assists. But Devin Booker was the man. 49 points and 10 assists. Where would you put Devin Booker? Would you put him top 10 in the NBA or not that high? Uh, he, he's probably earned it this year. Uh, you know, he's had an incredible season. Uh, you know, they, they didn't really fall back at all when Chris Paul was out, uh, you know, largely because of the way he played. They've had other injuries too. Uh, but he's just been, you know, terrific. Uh, you know, as good a, good a shooter as there is, he's become a better, you know, all-around player off the dribble and everything, I think. So, uh, you know, he's just had a, you know, terrific, terrific year. And, and you know, that whole team really, I mean, uh, you know, to be that much better than everyone else the way this season has gone, uh, you know, what a you know, heck of a run for them so far. Meanwhile, on the other side of the court, the Nuggets still holding on to the sixth spot, but only by one game over Minnesota. How secure is that position for Denver? Well, I mean, not, not terribly. <laughs> you know, Minnesota's played, you know, pretty well over the second half of the year. Uh, you know, probably... Uh, of course, a healthier roster uh, with what Denver's been missing over the course of this year. And, uh, you know, uh, Denver probably has done about as well as you can expect, you know, even getting into the top six with everything they're missing. And, uh, you know, certainly they are catchable. Uh, you know, I would not be surprised at all if they, you know, had to fall into that play-in spot. I think Minnesota could certainly, uh, the way they've played, catch them and stay ahead of them. Let me go to the east if I can, Brian. Um, you got two teams that have passed each other. One going up, the Boston Celtics, one slipping, the Chicago Bulls. Uh, the Bulls all of a sudden find themselves in a precarious position. Uh, they've lost for the seventh time in ten games. They lose to New Orleans, who's still fighting to get into the playoffs. And now it becomes a, I mean, what is there, one game that's separating three teams in the East? Uh, Chicago, Cleveland, and, uh, and Toronto? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Chicago has gone from right. I mean, right around the All-Star break, they had a shot to, you know, have the best record going into that in the East. And now they're looking at, you know, uh, just try to hold on to avoid going to the play-in. So, you know, certainly the injuries have really hurt them. Uh, you know, Lonzo Ball, you know, Caruso finally back. But, uh, you know, they, they have not defended well enough. Uh, and, you know, certainly there are teams in the East who over the last, you know, month and a half or so have played way better than them. So, uh, you know, there's still time to turn it around. But uh, when you have a free fall like they're having, you kind of wonder if, uh, you know, they're not going to be able to stop it. Well, they, they didn't have DeRozan last night, which did, certainly didn't help. And they get outscored by New Orleans in the fourth quarter, like 40-24, to 24, to put the game away. Um, so now here, the Bulls, they fall into the fifth spot. Boston, by contrast. And I talked to Cedric Maxwell the other day, who's on their radio broadcast. And Max was saying that the whole key to their turnaround was a, a session they had in the locker room that was le- le- uh, led by Marcus Smart, who basically looked at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and said, hey, you guys got to start playing like Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. And it kind of shook up the locker room a little bit, and they played particularly well since then. Yeah, and, you know, early in the season, Marcus Smart had some comments, and people wondered, okay, they're going to have to break this up. I mean, they get rid of him or get rid of one of those guys. He basically implied they don't pass the ball and play team ball, and, uh, you know, you kind of thought, okay, this is, you know, this is going to go really bad in Boston this season. And quite the opposite's happened. So whether that's a credit to his leadership, whether that's a credit to how much those guys want to win and be willing to take, you know, criticism or, you know, all the above, uh, you know, the bottom line is this is a team that, you know, for a while now has been playing unbelievable basketball. They defend well. They have, you know, the two elite scorers and, uh, you know, a dangerous, dangerous team. Miami Heat still has the lead in the East, although it's very close. They only have a game, only a game ahead of Milwaukee. And Philadelphia in the loss column. Uh, what did you make of the that whole visible altercation between Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler the night before last? Yeah, you know, I know they're going to say, you know, what they said. It just shows we want to win and this and that. Uh, you know, to you know, to my eyes, it just it looks like a little more than that. Uh, you know, I've rarely seen something carry on that long to the extent that it did. Now, maybe that's just they know their personnel and their people so well that they know they can take it further than anyone else normally would and, and you know, come out of it okay. Uh, if that's the case, fine. Uh, you know, I, I certainly don't question a team that that's one to the level that they have through the years. Uh, but at the same time, it, it certainly looked a lot worse than something you would just push aside and say it was a, you know, one-time thing and we're all fine. It didn't look like that at all on the outside. I'm with you. Uh, look, big news uh, in New York, the mayor of New York, Adams, has lifted the uh, the ban, uh, and so uh, Kyrie Irving can play home and away. So is it fair to say that the Nets have gone from spoiler to contender because of that decision? You know, probably. Uh, you know, it doesn't, you know, solve, obviously they still have some defensive issues. Uh, we've seen them give up way too many points too often. Uh, but the situation they were going to be in, I think uh, you know, they were looking at only having him for something like two of their last nine games. Uh, you know, now they'll have him the whole way here. Uh, and, you know, the thing about this now is when you look at it, you know, they can certainly, even if they have to go through the play-in, and, you know, if they somehow can survive having to, you know, play in Miami or walking the first round, if they get to the second round, you know, they're going to have a lot of time to get Ben Simmons healthy and then, 
you know, they play a team maybe like Chicago who's going the opposite direction. So uh, certainly the Nets, you would think now, they have a much better chance of getting to where they thought they could be than they would have, you know, without having to have Kyrie half the time. Well, keep this in mind, though. If they play the play-in in Toronto, Irving can't play. Right, and, and that's certainly, uh, you know, they'd be looking at having to come home and, and you know, play one, you know, winner-take-all game there. Uh, they could, you know, certainly afford to, you know, if they're the eight, they have to lose in Toronto and come back and still get one. Uh, but obviously, that's the one thing that still hangs out there. You know, having to, you know, having to play in Toronto is something they would love to avoid, and it's very possible they might. Uh, Toronto is playing well enough that they could get out of that uh, playing situation, and, and maybe the Nets don't have to worry about going there at all. Uh, you're very familiar with with the, the Knicks and the Nets. Uh, reading a lot uh, the last couple of days, it seems. I mean, it's pretty clear to me that the Knicks are not going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a lottery team. Well, what does that mean, big picture-wise, in terms of decisions by ownership? Uh, what does this mean to Leon Rose? What does this mean to Tom Thibodeau? How do you read it? Well, they're going to have to really decide if this is just sort of a, you know, which was sort of the more of the fluke year. Was it last season or this season? You know, is, you know, Julius Randle closer to what was last year? Or is he what he is this year? Is Tom Thibodeau the guy who was coaching the year last year or the – you know, the guy who maybe is, is not handled things as well this year, uh, you know, is the, uh, you know, the, there's so much that I think they can say this isn't all bad, you know, as bad as look at, you say, okay, they're going to miss the playoffs, but they've been in a lot of games. It isn't like they've been a team that gets killed every night. Uh, you know, they're just falling short. It's very possible they're not that far away and they have to evaluate all that. I'm not really sure, you know, which the answer is, but I don't think it's a blow it up situation to fire everyone and trade everyone. I think, you know, they have to just say, okay, listen, we could have won maybe six or eight of these games and then things are a totally different story. And, and how do we find a way to build our team up so we can do that next year? How many games can you count on the fingers of both hands where they've blown double-digit leads in the fourth quarter? They've blown double-digit leads. They've, you know, had maybe in close games, had two or three-minute spans where they go cold, don't score. Um, you know, it, it's... It's been that kind of, you know, the, the honest answer about the Knicks, I just say, you know, they're just good enough to be in games, not good enough to win them. Uh, you know, and that's, you know, again, that could just mean they're one player away. It could mean maybe they're not that good and they've just somehow hung around, you know, and they should have been blown out and maybe they need to really make an overhaul. Uh, that's that's what the offseason is for. That's what your town evaluators are for. And they really have to be honest with themselves. Uh, you know, I think they've had. Certainly, I don't think they're as bad as their record is. And, uh, you know, it's up to them to see if they agree with me. Uh, if, uh, before I let you go, i got to ask you this. If I was to say there's one team that people, for no particular reason, have kind of forgotten about, it's the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions, sailing under the radar. I mean, they've got as good a chance to win another title as anybody. For sure. Uh you know, they have three guys we know they can count on. Uh, you know, that's a, that is a great big three. Uh, you know, Brooke Lopez has come back. Uh, you know, they went through this last year. They, you know, they had gone through a couple of years of heartbreak where you wondered if they were a team that maybe wasn't up to the moment. We know now they are. So uh, I certainly i am not ruling out them winning again. Uh, you know, that's, you know, uh, no matter where they come from, what position in the East, they certainly could win it and get back. There's no doubt about that. It's only March 25th, Brian, but looking at your crystal ball, you tell me who you think has got the best shot to be in the Eastern Finals and in the Western Finals. 
You know, I, I think it's either Milwaukee, uh, you know, Miami or Boston. I think those three teams probably, you know, one of them has the, has the best shot. And, you know, out West, I think it all comes down to, you know, what's the Warriors' hell? I think Phoenix is going to be there. I think Phoenix is the best team in the West and will beat whoever they play. But it's just a matter of, you know, can Steph and Draymond all be out there? And if so, they can be in the conference finals. If not, Memphis is probably a better team than them. Uh, so, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, they think Curry will be back and okay, and, and hopefully for them that's the case. You think that Memphis is a little bit too young to be uh, on the big stage at this stage of their development? I mean, you'd, you'd want to say that, but at the same time, uh, you know, when you have that much talent, there's nothing they don't do well. Mm. I mean, they, they can defend. They got a you know, good bench. They can get it inside. They athletically, they shoot it from outside. So... You know, experience is important, don't get me wrong, but also having a team that does everything, and that's what Memphis does. Yeah, how many times when you watch uh, John Morant do you go, wow? <laughs> Almost every time. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable athlete and, uh, you know, a, a great player, too. He's not just a guy who, uh, you know, is, is uh, you know, drive and dunk. Uh, he's, a, you know, a great all-around player. And, uh, you know, when you, when you have that, you know, his athleticism, you're going to get open looks, other shooters, and they make them. So, uh, you know, really, really a team to like. And, uh, you know, hey, if they have that second seed, if they can stay ahead of Golden State and, you know, would host that series if they play in the second round, that'd really help them. It'll be interesting. Brian, always appreciate your insight. You stay safe. Thank you. You too, Howard. Thank you. Brian Mahoney of Associated Press. I think John Morant, I mean, he's six foot three. Keep that in mind. He's leading the league in points in the paint. That's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's not just John Moran. I mean, they've won three in a row without him. But they're a factor. They're a factor. And haven't mentioned the Lakers. And I've saved it for last because I expect Anthony Davis to be back any day now. Is it too late for the Lakers? Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And I feel badly for LeBron James. Not that anybody should feel badly about a guy who makes what he makes and so on and so on. And he's this great talent. And at the age of 37, he's doing things that are ridiculous. Uh, I feel bad because he, LeBron James, the talent evaluator, didn't match up to LeBron James, the player. He had a lot to say with what was on this roster. And he messed up. The Lakers messed up. And they, they paid for it. There's still a probability, not possibility, probability, they're going to fall out of the play-in and become a lottery team. Maybe that's what needs to be happening to them. Who knows? And also the Clippers. They're going to get Paul George back, Kawhi Leonard. Maybe they get a chance to make a late run. Who knows? They'll be a factor, certainly early on in the playoffs, against some better teams. But we'll see. It's fun talking about it. It's fun speculating. But if there's a guy that I want to pick up and make a phone call to right now, it's Tyreek Hill of the now Miami Dolphins. And see if he's got a few bucks laying around he wants to send my way. I'm Howard David. Thanks for being a part of Howard David Live. And you stay safe.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.